Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Welcome to this episode of the USCOC On Air. This is a new public radio outreach for the U.S. Conference of Chaplains, our live internet radio program and podcast. Our aim is to provide an opportunity to help strengthen your personal ministry, as well as the conference, through training, networking, interviews, and interactions surrounding chaplaincy. It will be based on what we do and don't do as Christian chaplains and chaplain assistants. We will discuss with you, and we will pray for you. We will advocate for getting back to the basics in Christendom, but we will not bash any other intentional faith community to do it. We will not proselytize. While these calls are open to the public and we invite their participation, it's probably safe to say there will be USCOC members on every call as well. Our usual format starts with the introduction of the subject and participants as they come onto the call during the first few minutes, interview or panel discussion for 15 minutes, followed by about 20 minutes of uh, Q&A. That leaves us just enough time to thank everyone, get any announcements out of the way, and recognize all contributors to the call. Ours is a ministry of presence, so here we are. As I'm fond of saying, chaplaincy equals availability. And I'm your host, National Chief Chaplain Alex Brandon. So in this second episode, it will be myself and Deputy Chief Chaplain Hugh Keith introducing more aspects of the U.S. Conference of Chaplains to potential listeners who we hope are also potential members. Along those lines, we encourage you to visit our website at uscoc.org, and we also encourage you to use the online form on our Contact Us page with any questions, or to begin the membership process. So, <clears throat> Chaplain Keith, you are there? Yes, I am. <laughs> Would you be so kind as to start this episode out like we do all of them in prayer, please? I'd, I'd be welcome to. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you again today with the honor and privilege of praising you and glorifying your great and holy name. Heavenly Father, we pray that our service here today and every day will do just that. Heavenly Father, we pray that your spirit will guide us and lead us as we seek to serve and love others. Heavenly Father, as we review the content we want to present today, dear Lord, guide us and give us wisdom to do so uh, gently and respectfully. And Heavenly Father, we pray for those that are listening to this uh, episode, and we pray that uh, they would be moved by your Spirit to uh, do something for their communities, to reach out and to share your love uh, with those whom they know. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We pray that it will bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Thank you very much. So, as I mentioned there in the introduction, last time, last episode, the first episode uh, of this new outreach, we uh, just basically welcomed everybody to the to the concept of the organization in general, and um, it was an introductory type episode where we kind of, uh, from a 30,000-foot level, uh, tried to give folks a pretty good idea of what it was the Conference of Chaplains was about. We have a, a publication which is a a member's manual. Actually, it's more than a it's more than what you would typically find, perhaps, in most member manuals or employee manuals or that type of of uh, publication. Ours is called the Chaplains Compendium, and um, we're just going to spend some time this morning, Chaplain Keith and I, going over um, some of the basics that are in the beginning of that compendium that have to do with organization and structure and a word you heard me use just a minute ago, presence. Um, so, so we're just going to discuss those things which are really out of the first couple of chapters of the, of the compendium. And the the first thing after the table of contents in the compendium is a sufficiently drippy letter from yours truly (laughs) to to our members uh, and and probably new members when somebody looks at it for the first time. Uh, Everybody who joins gets a, a PDF copy of this document sent to them. Uh, it's a document that's protected, and uh, so <clears throat> they have that, and they see the letter, and uh, um, like I said, it's, it's you know it's one of those kind of letters that you would expect to read, um, and then we go right into the establishment and organization, and I think in our last. Uh, our last effort uh, at this call, we talked about kind of our mission and goals and and uh, what we were hoping to accomplish, the things that we were throwing out there for other folks to, uh, you know, wrap their minds and arms and hearts around. And <clears throat> so we're going to get into uh, a little bit more of that and a little bit more structured uh, way today, without reading verbatim out of the compendium, because that would make for an even more boring uh, podcast or phone call uh, than what it's otherwise going to wind up being. So we're going to try to resist that temptation and and uh, do this in more of a conversational tone. So with that, having pretty much dispensed with that. Uh, first item in the compendium, Chaplain Keys being that letter from from me. I see. I'm trying to zip right by it, and I have a thinking, nagging feeling that Chaplain Keith is going to, for some reason, want to revisit that letter that I've just buzzed right by. But uh, I'm I'm going <laughs> to call on you anyway, Chaplain Keith. To, uh, get us started to get a change of voice on this call. 
Well, I, you know, when I'm looking at your leather, I'm trying to not, you know, I'm resisting the urge to to read it out loud. It really is drippy. I had to put it down. I didn't want to get any on me. <laughs> I think that uh, what members are going to find as I, as you and I discuss this uh, privately and, and as we think about it out loud in, you know, forms of these conversations and these calls, um, the thing that I find, uh, one of the things that I find most appealing about our organization is that, that while we've tried to provide guidance and structure, uh, we also at the same time have been uh, equally as cognizant and careful about removing unnecessary and burdensome uh, structure and uh, guidance. Uh, uh, we want to provide people the framework um, for them to minister freely according to their passion, according to their belief. Um, and I think uh, the, the compendium uh, and the, the, the way the organization is structured hopefully does that for people. Uh, hopefully there, there's enough guidance and structure uh, to provide uh, a feeling of safety, security, supportiveness without, you know, without a heaviness uh, to it. And so, um, yeah, that, that's that's what I'm really, really, really starting to appreciate about this. It allows, uh, it hopefully allows for, for our members to become part of an organization and, and really be able to enjoy um, uh, what we hope uh, to establish uh, that relationship as, which is really uh, a, a network of peers, truly a conference uh, of chaplains, uh, truly a conference of like-minded people. I think that uh, welcome letter does uh, is a good first step towards that. Well, thank you, Chaplain Keith. I, uh, awful nice of you to say. Um, we uh, start off under an establishment and organization, you know, with the with kind of what you would expect as far as saying that the material is copyrighted and for use by its members. And <clears throat> I just want to dwell on that for just a second because, uh, and and this is in general. This has to do with other organizations or uh, material that. Available on the internet and so forth. We're we're pretty careful about not making this available generally, uh, and that it doesn't appear on our website, and that it's only something that goes to folks who have become members. And so it's a members-only publication. Uh, it's only available in a in a document-protected uh, PDF format, which really doesn't mean anything because people can print copies of it and then they can go reproduce it however they want. Uh, if they have the right programs, they can open a PDF and edit it and make it whatever they want to and, and use it for something else. And you're never going to stop any of that. But but I, I really think that it's important for us to remind people, and again, it's not just about this document, but this is what started me thinking. 
you know, people put a lot of work into these things. And I know in the case of this compendium, this has been something that's been around in one form or another since 2011 uh, when we first started working on this. Chaplain Keith, you were uh, part and parcel of the of the effort to build this document the right way. And uh, so while it, it might not have everything in there, every consideration of every situation that may come up, it does have a lot of really useful information for members. And it's intended for members. So um, again, with this document, with documents that we make come into contact with. Uh, for instance, we have a lot of training partners uh, in our in our ministry. We have, uh, and I, I don't want to let too many cats out of the bag at one time, but I like to leave things for people to find out after they join. But uh, we have a very strong and mutually beneficial association with a certain uh, organization of Baptist chaplains and I, that's as far as I'm going to go with it, uh, whose material was originally generated for them by uh, somebody who I've become acquainted with over the years uh, and is really an exceptional uh, writer, technical writer, uh, educator, uh, and that's Dr. Larry Elliott. And uh, so I would hate for our members through membership in our organization uh, that they don't pay a lot for, to get inside, get involved, get their hands on materials like the compendium and and uh, this other material that is uh, about a third of our, uh, what we call amen training, and we're going to talk about that on another episode, but <clears throat> uh, amen stands for all member educational nexus, so that you know that that's an acronym. That's not, you know, we're not getting ready to pass the plate or anything. So, <laughs> uh, anyhow, I I get to the crux of this. I hope people keep confidential documents confidential, and um, they are for a reason because they're intended just for members' use. They're not intended for people to put out in the general. Uh, population and and uh, where where non-members are a lot more likely to plagiarize or borrow or or rip off or copy and and do so for other groups or organizations that not, might not be uh, as closely aligned with our mission and what we're trying to do as we would like. Um, and that goes for all the other organizations too that have those types of materials that are intended to be uh, proprietary. Uh, and I would just hope in general, I'm not talking about just our but in general that people would respect that. Um, I think that's, I think that's uh, worth mentioning. Um, as far as our chaplain's compendium goes, our material, um, anybody we mentioned this right up front. If anybody is welcome to give us any input they want, requests for additions or deletions, changes, if they need a clarification on something, uh, those inquiries can, can come direct to 
my office or or to Chaplain Keith, and we'll be happy to answer you, engage you, uh, have a discussion. As a matter of fact, uh, <clears throat> I had a suggestion, uh, really a point of information that was offered last night by uh, another uh, member of the board of directors, Chaplain Steve Sterry, uh, who would be on the call with us today, but he's out chaplaining this morning. Um, Amen. He's He's involved in prison ministry, and when you're inside the walls of a prison doing that type of work, uh, you don't get to take your cell phone in with you, and you can't just sit down on a bench and take an hour up to be on a call. So, uh, anyway. Thinking of you, Steve. That's right. <laughs> so he, he just uh, emailed me last night with a little quickie about uh, something that he noticed in the compendium, and so this is the—it's a living document, really. It's something that uh, goes on and on and on, uh, and it's constantly updated. We try to stay up to date with it, and as we find out new things from new members or whatever, you know, we don't have it all already put down. This ain't like the tablets, you know, with the no. map chiseled into them. Uh, this is something that we are able to change and update and keep fresh. Uh, the last version, as a matter of fact, is version 217, which means just this month, uh, and we're not that far into this month, but just this month there were updates made to it already. So uh, just so people... Because we're, we're not above being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot. Or, you know, uh, people come into the organization and have different points of view or different references, different um, experience levels, and and they have something to offer, you know. Um, for instance, we just talked about Chaplain Sterry. He is, uh, um, as I mentioned, involved in prison ministry. Now, prison ministry is, is a part of chaplaincy that I can say I have never done. I've never been uh, called to that specific field of labor. I've never felt compelled. Um, and there's plenty of other people, it seems to me. Now, one could take the other side of that argument, saying that we always need more prison chaplains. But I, I, I seem to know an awful lot of them. Uh, and where I live, uh, there are county jail facilities and uh, state prison facilities and all kinds of things within about a 40-minute drive from where I'm at. And there are a lot of folks that are indeed involved in that area of chaplaincy, and God bless them for it. I, I'm, you know, thrilled that they're doing it. Uh, but I can I can name one other form of chaplaincy that I'll, I can pretty well guarantee I would never be involved with, however Chaplain Keith might be, and that's what people commonly refer to as motorcycle ministry. You know, <clears throat> I'm not getting on a motorcycle. Period. <laughs> <laughs> they don't make one big enough to slide underneath this chaplain. Uh, so, no, that's another example that I have to leave to people who have 
a much higher comfort level uh, for that than I do. So. <laughs> if I may yeah. interject something while you're talking there. I wish you would. Um, uh, all of this uh, really is is to say and to highlight what what we, uh, the three current members, and hopefully uh, many others who will end up joining the conference, have as a vision for the conference. And that namely and specifically is uh, to have as our primary goal to extend our presence and availability in local communities through uniformed Christian ministry teams. Uh, the word uniformed can translate as uh, members wearing uniforms, uh, as well as uh, members who are all trained likewise, uh, serving together in their community. And so as we talk about things like the compendium, uh, where the organization has been established, uh, the, the current and fu future methodologies for stewardship uh, for the organization, all of that is put through this specific lens, through this specific vision, uh, with a goal of extending our presence and availability in local communities through chaplaincy efforts. So I, I just, it, for everyone listening to these two episodes, you probably already kind of started to, 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 to figure that out, but I think it bears mentioning specifically so that so that folks can, if you haven't put it together yet, there it is. This is the whole reason we're doing any and all of this. And we should we should mention, kind of going through the material here in front of us in the compendium, uh, one of the things that reminds us so quickly is that the conference was formed as and is a 501c3 nonprofit, volunteer, public, charitable, religious, educational organization. That kind of uh, sums it up for us. Uh, we, we talk about our logo. Uh, people see the logo. Uh, they can see it on the website. They can see it uh, as the uh, avatar for this call on talk show even. And so I'm not going to spend a lot of time uh, describing it, but there are some there there is some significance behind the uh, the logo, and uh, people will notice first off that it's based on the seal of the United States. Since it's the U.S. Conference of Chaplains, uh, that's kind of a given. The eagle has its wings displayed, which means spread. The technical term for that is displayed, uh, and as is customary, in its right talon, there's an olive branch. Its left, there are just three arrows. Um, the eagle's head, as is customary, is turned towards peace to the right, the side that the olive branch is held on. Um, the three arrows, just having three arrows are meant to indicate the chaplain's role as a non-combatant, minimizing conflict, as well as to remind us of the triune God. Likewise, there's a shield in the middle of the, of the uh, logo, which has three stars of white and a blue bar at the top, and that that uh, little device is also referred to as a chief, coincidentally. Um, 
There's two red stripes on either side of a cross in the middle of the shield. And so there's an obvious tribute to the flag there, but also um, uh, maybe a more subtle tribute to Jesus on Calvary uh, because there were three crosses, two criminals were also crucified on either side of the Lord. And so the design of that shield then, to me, alludes to the story in Luke, and it's only found in Luke, uh, and how simple it is for us all to come into God's grace. And I'm talking there about the uh, interchange that uh, is reflected in Luke between the uh, two criminals and Jesus as they're, as they're uh, on the cross. So that's a that's a very powerful piece of scripture as far as I'm concerned. So you see that there is there is some um, significance. It's not just oh we're going to take this and and uh, do that and uh, well we'll just you know put a cross somewhere on it. So you know that's not that there was more thought that went into it than that. Um, we do have a structure. That's one of the things that we're supposed to be talking about. Uh, and the foundational structure as Chaplain Keith mentioned in a minute ago, and we keep going back to, is really based upon local ministry teams. Uh, hopefully, there's enough chaplains in the organization to go around, but if not, then they're led by a chaplain assistant. And again, the difference between chaplain and chaplain assistant, Chaplain Keith, what's the difference? Uh, the The main and probably only difference between a chaplain and a chaplain assistant is that a chaplain is an ordained men- ordained member of the clergy. Uh, they have been either ordained by a denomination or by another ministry. They've been ordained into the Christian ministry as a minister of the gospel uh, by an organization. Our chaplain's assistants, by and large, have not. They are members of the laity. Uh, they are they are Christians who are members of the laity, who have also answered the call to ministry, but have yet, not yet seen uh, seen to seek ordination uh, per se. Um, but that really is the main distinction. Uh, other than that, every member that joins the conference has heard, felt answered a spiritual call to ministry and uh, thus by inference are all ministers I I hope that I nailed that yeah so everyone uh, who is a member of the conference who is not ordained uh, and therefore would not qualify for chaplain status would be a chaplain assistant so we're we're more likely to have more members who are chaplain assistants than our chaplains. And so I think this is a good spot. I'm going out of order here, but I think this is a good spot to uh, give a little word about chaplain assistants. Even though we're, uh, the way we're, uh, our name in, in implies, and, and it seems that we're largely uh, orientated toward chaplains, the truth of the matter is that all members who are not ordained ministers are there for chaplain assistance. And chaplain assistants will make up the majority of our total membership, 
and their importance, especially to local ministry teams, can't be overstated. Some some uh, advanced leadership roles, even, uh, may be out of necessity and lack of chaplain uh, in a particular geographical area, for instance. They may be held by trained uh, CAs, chaplain assistants. So as we're talking about, and we make reference to chaplains, the conference of chaplains, you know, the emphasis seems to be chaplains, uh, the... Uh, we don't intend to select members who are just uh, uh, not ordained yet and are going to be chaplain assistants, not by any stretch of the imagination, because uh, just like references to gender are all in the mail to save time or to save print area in a document, uh, references to chaplain are meant to include chaplain assistants. So we, we might clean up our act a little bit and start referring to everybody in the whole as members, but... Um, the, the top, we, or y'all. Really, yes, because we, we really appreciate all of our members in the ministry effort. Um, so as, as a matter of fact, a major consideration in, in forming the Association of, of the Faithful that we call the, the uh, U.S. Conference of Chaplains was the major role that lay people would, would more than likely be playing in the, in the uh, organization because uh, like we talked in our introductory episode last month, uh, we're pretty used to a a formula or a ratio, if you will, of of one ordained person, like one one pastor for every congregation, uh, or two pastors, or some churches that go crazy and got you know pastors, more people in the pulpit than they got in the pews. But um, the the point being, um, there's always more laymen than there are clergy, and, and that's, of course, going to be the case here. So the foundation and groundwork of the conference is local ministry teams. They may be led by Emphasis on ministry. Pardon? Emphasis on ministry. Teams, and that's right. why the, the 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 distinction between chaplain and chaplain assistant is kind of a matter of degree, wouldn't you say? I mean, <laughs> when we're all members of a ministry team, you, you know, a chaplain assistant shows up, and you know, uh, there's uh, a group that uh, uh, is willing to and needs to to have a communion service. The chaplain assistant looks around, and they go, well. If it's to be, it's up to me because there's no chaplain here. Well, and that's we, exactly what we're talking about. Right. We had a ministry team that started out with a couple chaplains on it. The chaplain went on to other assignments in the group, and that local ministry team was all chaplain assistants. Yeah. Um, and, and that's and, the way a lot of them will start is with just chaplain assistants. There, there isn't a, a, a chaplain uh, that is either readily available, has the time to get involved, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, no, it's that's it's intentional, and that's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah, uh, so it doesn't slow them down a bit. If, if there's not a chaplain present and something needs to happen, uh, our chaplain's assistants can pray and hand out communion just as good as any other <laughs> faithful, God-fearing Christian. So, and that's what we would expect and want. <laughs> now, um, to be 
to be sure, each member, um, we, we don't push people to do any more than they might, number one, be comfortable in doing, and number two, be trained to do. So that correct chaplains who are ordained and have some level of training from an ecclesiastical body, a, a church, a denominational organization, or, or uh, another uh, ministry, um, you know, come to come to the conference with with that experience. And so, in that particular church or denomination or or whatever, um, they are either um, trained and endorsed and and uh, uh, qualified to perform certain sacraments per their uh, faith tradition, and so you know they're good to go. Uh, and and we we don't offer we offer some generalized um, kind of generic um, almost almost non-denominational um, uh, samples or guidelines or or texts or whatever for things like that. But but we fully expect that people will bring their uh, you know, just like just like military chaplaincy, you have military chaplains that are endorsed by uh, their faith group to become chaplains, and uh, so it's advertised that they are either a Catholic or a Protestant or Jewish or whatever whatever it is, and that that's the while that may be the background that they draw on and the training that they have, and then they are sacramentally, for lack of a better term, trained in in um, the things that represent those faith communities, they are also trained to minister to all by by way of the chaplaincy. So uh, that's important. We, we emulate that same thing. And so Correct. ordained ministers have their own faith traditions, and they are trained as far as they go with their uh, religious training, um, and and that's what they bring to the table, and that's great. But they but now in the conference, they are ministering to all. They're not sitting in a church building somewhere uh, with a, a Presbyterian uh, sign on the outside wall uh, or whatever it is. I'm just picking on that as an example this morning. Uh, uh, expecting people to come into the building because it says Presbyterian, uh, looking for a certain style of of worship and and messaging. Um, that's no longer the case because they're out of the building, they're out of the church, they're out ministering where uh, the needs are, and uh, there is no sign uh, anymore except for the conference. So they're out chaplaining. Chaplaining. Chaplain is a verb. So, um, enough on that little side trip. Um, we'll get back to the structure. We have uh, certain service servant leadership assignments in the conference, starting at the top, I guess, um, which is as good a place as any to start. We have a a, a chairman. We have a vice chairman, a board of directors who also are known as the national chief chaplain and the, and the national deputy chief chaplain. 
Um, there are two more deputy chief chaplains which serve as directors on the board of directors. Now, uh, so you have the chief chaplain and uh, a national deputy chief chaplain who is the vice chairman. So that would be the executive member of the board of directors uh, who acts as chair in the absence of the chairman. Then we have two other directors, and I think this is of note and interesting and something to mention. Uh, so after the chair and vice chair, uh, these other two directors are members of the board, um, equal members of the board, one director over ministry and education, and one director over planning and operations. So what what we set about doing with this very tight board of directors, tight in numbers, tight in, in uh, areas of responsibility, uh, really, is to have a chair, a vice chair, and then two directors who kind of divvy up the the uh, categories of, of responsibility that you might find in any ministry, really. Um, and and we did that intentionally, and uh, we think it's going to work real well for a lot of reasons. Number one, it's going to um, make for a smaller uh, board rather than a larger board. When you get these boards that have 7, 9, 11, 13 people on them, uh, they become dysfunctional uh, just by virtue of... Very quickly. Yeah. It's a, it's a theory of diminishing returns. Um, and, and then you've got people guessing. There's two there, you know, oh, I'm, it's like a, it's like a, a Keystone Cop movie because... <laughs> You know, people are. Oh no, I, I that wasn't mine to do. That was yours to do. Or you know, no, I thought that was your. So this just eliminates all of that. The other thing it does, uh, and this is really a, a, a goal uh, of us as an organization, is it facilitates better, quicker, more efficient more frequent communication because this structure is a lot of sideways. It's not a lot of up and down. Um, and everybody has everyone's phone number. Everyone has everybody's email. Uh, it's it's real easy for, you know, when there's fewer of us. Uh, and let's face it, this is not a, a huge organization yet. Uh, we're hoping it will be one day. Um, and, and we have spots to plug in if we need to later on. We, the structure is there. But the, we're trying, we're going for efficiency and we're going for ease of communication, I think, is really what we're saying. Well, and what we're also going for, if I may interject, we're also going for, um, uh, Alex and I laughed about this the other night, but we're also going for uh, some players on the team that kind of serve like Pete Rose did. Uh, Pete Rose uh, became uh, famous as a baseball player because not only was he a player, but when he went into management, he was a manager player. So we're, we're seeking not only to have qualified people that sit on the board to offer uh, servant leadership in that position, but we want manager players too. We want board members that are 
just as eager to get out there and mix it up with with members on ministry teams as the ministry team members are. So it, it's it's all very intentionally uh, organic. Uh, we want the the organization to be very organic in the way it operates, in the way it grows, in the way it nurtures uh, not only itself but the community. Um, yeah. So it, it wasn't enough that we needed to have good managers. We wanted to have player managers. That's a good point. Um, so after the national offices and the board of directors in that level, then the country split up into five areas, and we have a handy-dandy little map that I stole from somebody, and I can't remember who it was to give them credit. Um, Borrowed it. Borrowed it. No, I stole it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Borrowing implies there was permission. (laughs) Okay, I apologize. (laughs) So, no, in this case, I'm asking asking for forgiveness instead of permission. Uh, Right, so if you're out there and you're the person that Alex swiped this from, we apologize. (laughs) (laughs) It was a great map, and it was divided up just the way I wanted things divided up, and and so uh, so it's divided into five uh, areas or regions. So we have a need for area chaplains then uh, to be assigned to each geographical area, as membership numbers dictate uh, for that map. Uh, for instance, California is in the Pacific area uh, of the country. Then there are state chaplains, one per state, up to fifty will be assigned as needed. And then team leaders, which is where we really started, chaplains or chaplain assistants that establish, direct, and train local community ministry teams. So uh, now we have a plug in there for a thing called knee chaplains. Uh, and I'm just going to say that it exists and it's something uh, that is there as a uh, uh, a mechanism for facilitating growth as we go along. So um, I think that pretty much takes care of what the actual structure is. Yeah. You want to say anything else about about the way we're structured or... I do. do. Oh, okay. Well, I think it's important to note as we're talking about structure and organization, we're going to have members that, that you know, become interested. We're going to have people that hit the website, become interested, hit our contact page, actually fill it out and hit the send button. Uh, we're excited for that. We can't wait for that to happen. Uh, if you have any questions for us, you can go to the website, uscoc.org, uh, hit the contact uh, us form, fill it out, and hit send. Uh, if you have a question, if you have interest in wanting to join, whatever that may be, um, please use that tool to interact with us to begin the conversation. But as we talk about organization, I think it's important to note that prospective members are going to have to fill out an application and, and send us some information. And uh, information pertaining your specific membership application will and should only be directed to the national office. It's not going to go to some team leader out in Winnemucca. No, it's going to go to one place and one place only. That's the national office. That's to 
cut down on the dog ate my homework syndrome, as well as to protect the confidentiality of the information you are sharing with us as the organization. So I think that's very important to note. Uh, the, the information you send to the national office stays in the national office uh, for a very specific uh, uh, reason. So rest assured that the information that you share with us as part of your application process remains and stays uh, just that confidential with the home office. Yes, that's a good point, and, and it's very accurate. There's probably only a couple, three people that will ever see any of it. And one of the things that we need the information for, and I recently had a gentleman inquire as to membership and say, what do you need my Social Security number for on the application? And I said, well, um, we're going to do a background check. And all of the companies, well, the company that we use, requires that as a specific identifier in order to make sure that the background that they get on their check is specifically about you. Uh, you know, they need, if everyone's ever even had a credit report ran, you know what they need. They need your name. And, and this goes for people that are protecting themselves from uh, uh you know, identity theft and so forth. If somebody's got your name, your your house number or PO box number, uh, the zip code where you live, and the last four numbers of your social security, yeah, they can do a lot of damage. Uh, as a matter of fact, they don't even need all of those components anymore. But if you get your if if you run get your credit ran, you know what information they need just to run your credit. We need the same information to perform a background check. So, uh, and that's why we say uh, during the membership process, without giving too much away, we don't complete this all over the internet. And we don't do that for a reason. Uh, you know, when Osama bin Laden was alive and trying to get information back and forth to folks. He used a courier. He didn't use Google. Um, and, and that's the safest the safest way for you to transmit information nowadays uh, happens to be by mail. So um, we tell you, we give you an application, tell you to print it, fill it out. If you're comfortable sending it back to us as an attachment, that's fine. Uh, it's safe. Nothing's going to happen to it. If you want to print it, fill it out, and send it to the national office by stale mail, that's great, too. And we respect that. We even encourage it. And we think that that's just fine. Um, and we don't ever want to be known as an online business model that, oh, we're just out there, you know, promoting uh, $39 a year memberships. Uh, trying to sell something, sell certificates or something. That's not the case at all. This is a definite process that you have to go through. When you come out of it at the other end, you realize that you've been, you know, through a, a real process to join. And so we want those to, we just as soon have hard copies uh, to start with. And, and uh, so that answers the question about um, information that's required on the application. 
Um, yeah, and, and why we ask for it, and what, and what we ask for multiple forms of of information so that we can make sure that you're you, that we're talking about you, that we're not talking about the, someone who has your same name. Uh, my yeah. wife had a situation where one year uh, she went to go pay the registration on her vehicle, and the DMV kindly declined her. And she said, decline me what? She goes, well, you have to take care of these parking tickets first. And, you know, and she goes, what parking tickets? And the clerk at the DMV goes, well, you're so-and-so, aren't you? And she goes, no, that's my name, but that's not, that's not who I am. And uh, that was, you know, that ended up being five, $600 of a parking ticket that the DMV thought my wife had to take care of before she could get her car registered. And she said, no, 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 time out. That's, <laughs> that person has my name, but that's not me, and that's not my car. So that's the reason why we're asking for multiple things that identify you as you so that we know you're the right you we're talking about. <laughs> well, before, before we issue somebody an identification card, which are, uh, you know, the hard plastic credit card type ID cards that you can clip to your collar or wear on a, uh, lanyard around your neck or, or whatever. Um, and they're good for a year at a time. And and those cost $10.40 a piece, folks. So, you know, this $39 don't go very far. Um, when, there's, there, when we say nonprofit, we mean nonprofit. <laughs> there's That's nothing, right. There's nothing left when we're done with your $39. Um, but... Uh, before someone gets one of those, and it says on the back of all the cards, uh, the member's been through our basic training, a probationary period, and had a general background check. And so uh, we just make good on that promise. That's all there is to it. Um, so let's take the last few minutes, Chaplain Keith, to talk about presence briefly, uh, uh, which has to do with uh, what we look like when we're when we're chaplaining and the uh, uniform ministry aspect of the conference. Uh, Chaplain Keith starts us off in that chapter by quoting uh, that ancient Chinese philosopher Anonymous, <laughs> who said, "You never get a second chance to make a first impression," and so. Basically, we have three uh, ways of identifying yourself by what you're wearing and how you look as a member of the conference. Um, and we go on, we talk about how uniform standards apply to all outward appearances, including grooming standards. You know, I know we shouldn't have to maybe mention certain things, but we do. Um, So um, basically, we have a dress uniform, a service uniform, and a casual uniform. And we'll start in reverse order with the casual uniform, which is probably the most relaxed. Well, it's certainly the most relaxed, and it is the most popular of all our combinations. Um, and it consists chiefly of a conference-embroidered polo shirt. Uh, that may be worn with the balance of clothing appropriate for the level of participation, climate, and type of event being attended. Uh, that's real, real basic. Uh, I should also mention we include clericals. We say that a clergy shirt 
with a tag collar, with or without his suit or sport coat, is always in order for ordained ministers of the gospel as an alternate mode of identification as clergy. Uh, this is working from the premise that the minister in the room should look like the minister in the room. So, so a lot of what anybody is going to be involved with uh, is going to be covered by those two things, the polo and, and clericals. But for people who want to um, uh, be involved with active military, guardsmen, reservists, veterans, those areas of ministry in particular. Uh, there are a lot of instances where some type of uh, a service uniform, um, it, it, it helps. It helps as an icebreaker. It helps to identify yourself uh, as a chaplain or, the, or a member of a chaplain organization in the case of chaplain assistance. Um, it helps us all to be uh, as Chaplain Keith said, you know, uh, intentional about making that first impression. Um, and uh, Chaplain Keith's probably not the most optimum person to talk about the uniform aspect of ministry because he no longer participated the wearing of uh, <laughs> uniform per se. Uh, but, well, but, but however, how, however, what can be said, and what you're trying to say, is that <laughs> the 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 benefit and the strength of having a an actual physical uniform uh, that members can wear is that it, it makes us readily identifiable at a glance. When you're walking down the street and you see a fireman walk by in a firefighter's outfit, there's absolutely no doubt about what that person is and does. He's a firefighter. So similarly for members of the conference, for chaplains, chaplains assistants, uh, if they choose to, to wear our uniform, which I encourage it, um, you know, we get enough of those people in the room or walking down the street together on some military base on the way to the chow hall all it takes is one glance, and people are going to be able to figure out they're members of a uniform service group. Uh, they're wearing uniforms, and they're performing service. They're a uniform service group. Uh, and as soon as they get close enough to see either the chaplain's badge or a chaplain's assistant name tag, they go, oh, hey, they're chaplains. Got it. And so if we're there long enough, at a glance, people will be able to just recognize us and say hello. They'll know who we are simply by, 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 what we're wearing, we'll be able to tell who we are and what we do. And the same is really true with the with the polo in a more casual sense. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So, in, in any event, whether you're wearing the casual uniform or whether you're wearing uh, the the full on either the dress uniform or or the service uniform, you're Covered literally, we're, we're not un, we're not undercover. We're not in disguise. We're not stealth chaplains. No, we want people to readily, at a glance, even if you're just wearing a conference polo and a ball cap that says chaplain on it, um, they don't care what your name is. If they need a chaplain, you're it. You just put the big old pointy finger right over your head, chaplain right here. That's 
as far as you need to go. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm fond of saying we're not undercover, folks. Uh, the church, <laughs> my personal feeling, let me put it that way, is the church needs to go away from being undercover. That there's no need for us to be undercover as ministers of the gospel. Raise your hand. I'm right here. You know, if you need prayer, if you need someone just to sit with you and hold your hand and pray with you, maybe you maybe you're having a hard day and you just need someone to be there while you cry. That's fine. We get it. We've been there too, and that's us. We're here to serve with you. We're here to to minister with you, to you. That's what we're about. We're not undercover. So our our next call next month, we will um, hopefully have some people on the call. We're trying to, you know, schedule these things to where more people can participate. Um, So here we were on a Saturday morning realizing that uh, we're in California, other people in other parts of the country, it's, you know, a later part of the day than 9 a.m. So, um, but we don't have any more people on this call than we had on the last one that we did on a weeknight. So um, we'll we'll keep moving around and trying different spots. Now, if you want to know ahead of time when we're going to be scheduling an episode of USCOC on air on TalkShoe, here's how you find out. You go to TalkShoe.com and you search for USCOC on air, or better yet, I'll give you the call ID number for our program. It's 75455. So you go to TalkShoe.com, they got a little search box, you put in 75455, boop, up pops USCOC on air. Or you put USCOC on air in the box and, and it'll come up. And there you can follow the call. So you can make a little avatar yourself or use a picture that you've got on your computer or whatever you want to do. And, you know, how about it? Whatever, whatever you want to do to, to follow the call. Um, and then when calls are scheduled, and we try and schedule them four or five days ahead of time so that people get uh, plenty of notice, uh, the people who have followed our call on Toshu will be notified. You'll get an invite. It'll say, uh, uh, Chapel Brandon invites you to uh, USCOC on air community call. And they'll give you the time, the date, and the times are in Eastern uh, time zone time. So today's call would have been advertised as 12 p.m. Uh, when it actually on the West Coast is uh, 9 a.m. But So keep that in mind when you get the invite. Um, but it'll it'll tell you what the call is, when it is. It'll give you a, a you know, one or two word uh, description, like uh, I think today's was organization. Uh, the first one was introduction. And uh, and it gives you instructions how to call in, the phone number to use, the caller ID, and so forth, so that you can be on the call. So if you if you want to know when they're going to be ahead of time, you want to be invited, follow the call on TalkShoot. Or the other thing you can do, as Chaplain Keith mentioned earlier, use that ever-popular Contact Us page on our website. Uh, that really is a, a catch-all and really does start 
everything. And, well, that's the other thing that you can do is hit our webpage at uscoc.org. If you forget that we've talked about TalkShoe, and God, I can't remember where those guys host that silly talk thing. Go to uscoc.org. You'll land on the homepage at our website. All you need to do is click the icon in the upper right-hand corner, and that'll take you right to the TalkShoe page, and you can go, ah, that's where they are. Found them. So that's true. Three different, three different ways you can... You can find out about TalkShoe through through USCOC. We're Conference. trying to trying to make it easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're doing a good job. Well, Chaplain Keith, thank you very much for being on the call today. Well, thank you for uh, having me on the call today. It's uh, it's always fun. Uh, I'm always a little saddened that we're limited to. 60 minutes. Uh, as Chaplain Brandon and I are famous for <laughs> wearing out the batteries on our cell phones from time to time. So, um, no, it's a it's an honor to be here. I folks, I, I hope, my hope, my sincere hope, is that the folks listening to these episodes on TalkShoe, and if you haven't listened to the first one, we invite you to go back and hear the first one. If you like this one, you'll really like the first one. Um, our sincere hope is that you will gain a a sense uh, that the conference really does seek to live up to its vision um, to create ministry teams, local community ministry teams. And we simply seek to aid, honor, and comfort others through Christian ministry service, uh, just as our website says we do so. Uh, I'm hoping that people are starting to gain a pretty thorough sense of that. And we're thinking about you today, Chaplain Sterry. We hope your ministry uh, service uh, went well there at the prison. Well, that's going to wind us up for this episode. Until next time, this is Chaplain Alex Brandon wishing you every blessing.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.